With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. The full episode with Chuck and John will be back next week. If you haven't heard this week's full episode, it is a hoot. Go uh, go, go ahead and turn this one off. Look that one up. Uh, listen to that and then come back here. We, uh, we talked about all the crazy stuff that has uh, happened in the last week. The weird escalating conflicts across the NBA. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to record uh, during a Nashville snowstorm. And yes, you fancy northerners, a Nashville snowstorm is just a few inches, but it was enough to shut our city down. Speaking of Nashville, if you are in the greater Nashville area this weekend on Saturday, January 20th, we are hosting a watch party for the Grizzlies Pelicans game at 6 p.m. at Double Dogs Sylvan Heights. Unfortunately, Tony Allen probably won't be playing. That's what we had in mind. But we will be giving away some Tony Allen pepper grinders, Grindfather pepper grinders, among other more current Grizzlies giveaways. So if you're in the Nashville area, come hang out with us at Double Dog Sylvan Heights, Saturday, January 20th, 6 p.m., Double Dog Sylvan Heights. Uh, Today's episode also ended up talking mainly about those fights in the NBA, but uh, from a slightly different angle with our guests. So hopefully you will enjoy it. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you, if you want more John and Chuck and more Fast Break Breakfast overall, you can get that at patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. There you can get exclusive bonus content. You can join the $3 a month listener slack. Our listener fantasy leagues have been heating up over at fantrax.com. And if you missed out on those fantasy leagues this year, I want to tell you about my new personal addiction, Draft. Since I first downloaded the Draft app uh, maybe a week ago, I have played it every day. It is a blast. I even won a game over against some Locked On Lakers group. You know, I showed them where the true knowledge was. Uh, It's awesome. Very simply, it's daily fantasy, but you're just playing against your buddies if you want. And it's a snake draft. There's no salary caps to worry about. It's just a snake draft. You can do it daily. You can do the standard or the expert, which I love, where it takes out all the best players. It's kind of hilarious. I've been playing against our listeners. If you want to use our code, FASTBREAK, you will get a free $3 entry into any money game. You can go to the Android store, the iTunes store, or just go to draft.com slash FASTBREAK. Remember, use our code FASTBREAK. We'll all play together. Again, I'm on there as Fast Break Breakfast. Follow me. I'll get you in my private games that I'm doing for our listeners. I can't recommend it enough. It's a lot of fun. So get that Draft app. Once again, draft.com slash fastbreak. 
My guest today is a writer for SB Nation and The Athletic Toronto. Also has appeared uh, lots of places, Bleacher Report, Vice, and The Step Back. CBS Sports NBA recently said she had the tweet of the year, and she's a return guest, Sirit Sohi. Sirit, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. This is like the ninth time we tried to call just now. That's a behind-the-scenes look for our listeners. Our Skype did not work, so we had to try something try something else, but hopefully this will work out. Yeah, we ran into some pretty fun technical difficulties there, but hopefully hopefully we're, uh, we're sailing smooth from here. Yeah, it was very reminiscent of any time I have to Skype my co-host, John, who is terrible at Skype. We, uh, it's, yeah, always, it's always it's always user like error. FaceTiming your parents. <laughs> right, right. Or my three-year-old who uh, likes to press the red button and then gets upset when it hangs up. Um, <laughs> Just mashing all over the keys. Hey? Right, right. So considering the level of aggression in the NBA right now, what is your personal level of aggression do you, do you, would you say? You know, I think this has actually kind of had the opposite effect on everybody covering the NBA because we should essentially kind of have the same sort of cabin fever, doldrums, or whatever is going on with uh, with the players to make them like this. But the thing is, we've actually just been given so much entertainment that I feel like it's given us some new life and there's not as much frustration. There's things to, like, laugh about and talk about. Whereas usually, over this time of the year, teams are settling in. You figure it out, like, who is who's a major contender and it's more about figuring out like, okay, like this is what teammate has to do to eventually become a little bit more perfect and, and whatnot. And it's kind of boring up until all-star. So it's been, it's been nice. I think it's actually had the opposite effect on us. So it's like, it's, it's, it's chilled you out a little bit. Yeah. I was actually, I was on the locker room and I was, I was, I was in media, I was in the media room at the, at the ACC and man, like I was just, I was out for blood, but then that happened, and I just feel so much better. Are we being too callous? I saw someone taking the angle, like, guys, this is fighting. We shouldn't be encouraged fighting. These are grown men. We should not be, like, having so much enjoyment about their interactions. Uh, whatever. Like, it's all... They're all, just, they're all just doing, like, hold me back crap. Other than Oflalo, who I'm very happy that punch did not connect because... That could have been ugly, but I mean, it was kind of just the Houston incident is I think what most people really, really hung on to. And I mean, it's just kind of fun beef. Like they weren't really actually fighting. It seems like in the official story is if you believe it was basically like, you know, they exchanged some barbs and there was some tough guy stuff, but nothing actually happened. And that's kind of what you can expect from these fights. Like it was all kind of like, I don't know, like maybe Mike D'Antoni's shoulder kind of hurts today. Who knows? But I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, like, say that, you know, our behavior is problematic or somehow yeah. or something like that. If if I can't find entertainment from the ridiculous altercations between these millionaires, I mean, what's what, what even is the point? But before we get into, into more of it, I would be remiss. I have not asked you about your breakfast. I don't want people adding me on Twitter telling me I forgot the breakfast question. So, Sirit, have you had breakfast or what's what's the last good breakfast you had? Uh, I kind of developed a good breakfast routine now. I just, uh, ever since moving to Toronto, well, first, like, I didn't really have anything. Then I went back home for the holidays, and, you know, I, I brought a whole bunch of stuff back, like, just pots and pans and whatnot. So I'm pretty much, I, I'm pretty much just settled into a routine of, like, 
um, of just like scrambled eggs, bacon, and you know, if I'm feeling fancy, some sauteed mushrooms, which have quickly become my favorite like food since I've uh, since I've moved. I've, I never really used to like mushrooms, but they are delicious when I make them. I think. I love a, I love a mushroom. Are, are you saying you have a daily routine though? Are you a bacon eggs every day kind of farmer style? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. That's kind of, I've always been the, the same way with breakfast. I think, you know, the, it'll change like on a month to month basis, but that's kind of what, I, what I'm saying. That it's nice to just wake up and not really have to think about it, you know? Yeah. So like, this is what I'm doing. No, I mean, bacon and eggs, that's a, that's almost steak and eggs, which we call the, the, the best breakfast. How is Toronto since moving there? Oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, the weather is horrible, but, uh, other than that, I mean, the food is amazing. It's nice to actually be in a real city, a covering. And I'm sorry if anybody from Edmonton is listening to this, I love you. Oh, I don't, I don't I, know um, how, I highly doubt that that will happen. Yeah. I don't uh, know how big our listenership in Edmonton is. <laughs> um, but no, it's great. And the food is amazing. I love being in an NBA city where, you know, you're really just going in every day, covering the team, checking out like whoever the road action is. And that's always great too, because the locker room's pretty much empty. So you can kind of just go in and talk to whoever. So although the media presence is, is a little bit, higher in Toronto than people would think just because like it is like the Toronto's a media hub for Canada. So mm-hmm. there are definitely like a lot more, a lot more places, a lot more outlets in the, uh, in the ACC than some would expect, but still it is a, uh, it's nice being in that road locker room. And obviously it's nice to cover the Raptors, especially right now. They're just, you know, so many good storylines with how they've, uh, how they've changed their offense and, you know, just the cultural shift and, everything was uh everything that's going on with that i thought it was going to be kind of a boring year to be covering them like it's kind of like you know it's, right. this is what the team is but they've they've managed to really change and that's been exciting to cover well that certainly is uh the raptors are interesting on the court but i'm more interested in this this off the court uh all the fights we've been talking about it kind of started though uh with i feel like this spate of on court incidents started a little bit with serge ibaka of the raptors against James Johnson, that showdown, we, we've been arguing on our show about it. What was your take on that showdown, and, and did you think there was a winner? Uh, I think James Johnson probably wins that, in, uh, that altercation just by sheer, like, um, wow, I am really spacing here. I'm a, a writer. That's how I make money, by the way. And I uh, <laughs> forgot intimidation uh-huh. intimidation because you could kind of tell that you know Serge was getting after it and then as soon as um as soon as he kind of saw who it was who he was up against he was like oh you kind of you kind of sense like a body language shift of oh maybe this is not the best idea maybe this isn't the guy I should be trying to fight because he probably will actually fight me I think it was back in the day that, that Tyler Hansborough I think did a similar thing where he was about to turn around and fight someone. I think he saw it was James Johnson and he uh, quickly did like a, a butt pat, you know, like, Hey, Hey buddy, it's, it's, it's cool. We were We were arguing. Well, I heard the argument that James Johnson's punches looked a little undisciplined and, uh, and some were saying, not me, I'm, I'm no fight expert. Some were saying that uh, maybe he's living too much on reputation and uh, that they thought Serge should have gone for it. They were pretty disappointed in James's performance. Well, isn't, isn't James supposed to be like an MMA expert? Exactly. He's supposedly undefeated oh, in I'm... either MMA or kickboxing, and he has these black belts. But uh, based on, the, based on the, the couple like sort of 
and they were half-hearted punches thrown. It was like, ah, maybe it's a lot of re- reputation. Maybe it's all talk. Uh, I hope James Johnson doesn't oh, hear this. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I totally do not think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, I was, I, I haven't really gone back and like looked at the, looked at the whole thing in you know slow-mo, and even if I did, I wouldn't really know the next thing about what a, uh, what a good punch looks like. I pretty much all my knowledge is, you know, from movies. So, you know, oh, yeah. if there's some experts out there that say that that might be the case, I think, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate the experts. I support the experts. Let's just take it from, I take our, take our word for it. Experts have said yeah. the punches were un- undisciplined. <laughs> so then the main event, the Rockets, the Clippers game, a very testy game. You mentioned the official story if you believe it, you said that earlier. I, for one, don't believe it. When uh, all of a sudden the news came out that like multiple witnesses and everyone's stories are, are corroborating that James Harden and Chris Paul were peacemakers, I don't believe that for for one second. What say you? Yeah, I tend I tend to not because well, here's the thing, right? The way that this theory works in my head is that. The, the the official theory, the way that I think it probably went down if it happened, is Ariza, who was the most mad person on the court, so that kind of, you know, that that kind of makes sense that he would be he would be the most upset in the locker room too. Went after Austin Rivers, and Ariza also played in LA, mm-hmm. so he would know about the secret tunnel. It's true. And Chris Paul sensing what was about to happen was like, oh no, I better also go down this secret tunnel that, you know, having played in LA, I know about as well. And then James Harden follows him as backup. It was James Harden. I don't know. Like maybe, I I don't know what the speed was. I don't know how far James Harden is into his recovery. I hope he, he didn't somehow re-aggravate anything. And, you know, that's kind of why it was the three of them. And, then you can kind of believe that case. And it, it does, it does make sense, except what the hell is Clint Capella slash Tariq Black doing? Who all Tariq Black, who also played for the Lakers exactly. and should have known about the secret, secret tunnel. What is he doing at the front entrance? Like, what is that about? Like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think nor, neither Clint or Tariq are like super tight with anybody on Clippers. I guess maybe Tariq could be having, you know, been in LA but, you know, after a game like that, you kind of think, you know what, maybe I'll text whoever it is that I'm trying to talk to. After Like, there's just no reason for them to be there, which makes me think that there was something else going on. And just just the way that things were going the night of what it seemed like was happening versus, like, the change after everybody had a chance to discuss amongst each other what they were going to say. Right, get their you know, story the straight. Through, what, yeah, yeah. Like, it kind of seemed like, Mm, there's just a little, the differences are a little, a little bit too much for me to really think that that, that the whole story is true. I, I've seen enough law and orders where everyone's like, Oh, Clint Capella was in the locker room and then they get on the stand and then they're about to get in front of the jury. And then last second, a witness changes it up and it's like, Oh, it was Tariq black. And then the, you know, the, the prosecutor's like, your honor, we, we already had, and you know, the deposition said this and they changed it. And then the other guy throw the case out. This feels like a classic case of, I'm going to switch it up at the end just to make sure nobody gets in trouble. And same with the, with the Blake and Chris Paul, like obviously the biggest name guys, 
the suspensions were handed out. Those guys got nothing. And then everybody gets their story straight. Like, Oh no, they were, they were, they were peacemakers. That's a, that's a classic. Well, especially should have gotten a, gotten a suspension or something because I mean, he shoved or, you know, accidentally ran into Santa, which was definitely not an accident. Right. And I mean, you just can't do that. When was the last time that that happened? It would in front have been. of cameras during a game, a national TV game, by the way, and nothing happened. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that gets, you know, brushed under the rug when something like what happened after happens, but that didn't really seem like that should be one of the things. It was just kind of like, a, I thought that was sort of self-evident, you know? If if Draymond Green or DeMarcus Cousins runs into Mike D'Antoni, what, what kind of suspension do you think we're looking at? Like uh, oh, 20 games? Uh, a half season? <laughs> like. Well, I think with Draymond, they should just save it till the finals, right? But yeah. um, I mean, that's the thing, right? If if anybody like that was involved in any of this, it would have just that's kind of when it kind of maybe would have stopped being funny, right? Yeah. Like then you start thinking like, oh, okay, like cause, like part of the part of the humor was kind of the fact that nobody that you would actually think is a fighter or anything like that was involved in what happened. I think that kind of added humor to the situation. It was like. It was three stars and then a bunch of guys that you never really associate with that. Like, I mean, the one guy in Houston's locker room, PJ Tucker, that you would think would kind of be at the forefront of all of this was like not even mentioned. Right. I think he was probably like you guys, this is ridiculous. I'm obviously not going to get involved. You know, like he, he clearly knew it was joking. He's like, let's go to the locker room. He's like, nah, I'm good. This is, this is, this is stupid. Like yeah, call me when you have a real fight. <laughs> I would I would hope right now Mike D'Antoni is taking some flopping like flopping lessons from Chris Paul and James Harden because if if D'Antoni had wiped out and like hit the floor, then we would have had a real incident like that. That would have been pretty well, good. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Like it, he he he's not as well versed in that sort of thing as uh as the other two are. Yeah, and maybe the tenor of the game would have shifted even like let's say like gets thrown <laughs> out earlier and. You know they're able to not to come back. I mean that's that's why you flop, right? You gotta you gotta take the edges you can get. And, and another thing that bugged me, and this is this is coming from me as a Memphis Grizzlies fan who really dislikes Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin has a history of violent incidents. Like he was suspended by the team, you know, for punching hit their uh, that trainer last year. He's run into a coach before on the sidelines. So that again threw up the red flags like, come on, NBA. Like like what does it take? Mm, yeah. what, like what does it I take to get these guys? Yeah, like like why aren't they suspended? Like this guy has I mean priors as in prior NBA stuff. He he has no off the court priors. We're not talking about real mm-hmm. things. But like I, again for having some of my least favorite players be so notably involved and then get totally off the hook kind kind of bummed me out. So uh who are some of your like all time or just let's say current, who are some of your current least favorite NBA players? Um, well, I think anybody who follows me knows that the top of my list there is Russell Westbrook and yeah. probably just, uh, I mean, part of it is just because of how much acclaim he gets. I just think that not to sound like too much of a purist, but I kind of have the typical Russell Westbrook complaints. I don't really think he plays the right brand of basketball. I think he's stat padding all the time, which I just don't like at all. Like when you're playing out there playing for the wrong reasons, uh, I just, I just sound like such a talking radio host right now. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Westbrook is probably on the top of top of the list for me. I just find a lot of, a lot of the way that he acts is kind of like, 
it's kind of like the worst of like what people think millennials act like, which is, I think, why why it makes me mad. It's like, oh, Patty, you get him. And it's all so self-serving. And it's just, I don't know, it, it rubs me the wrong way. So he is probably on the on the top of my list. But that said, I mean, there have been some good Westbrook seasons. I used to defend Westbrook a lot when he played with Durant. I just think this, it was mostly last season. It was just like, I don't know, it was just too much. It was over the top. And uh, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan. And it's kind of carried over into the season, which kind of makes it worse because he actually has much better teammates now. And anyway, um this version of Westbrook is probably on the top of my list. I don't have too many, like I was thinking about this. I don't have too many NBA players that are really hate, like the typical, like I think Harden's a typical guy that a lot of, a lot of people don't really like. And I've, I've always been a pretty big Harden fan. So that's, I don't know. I just, I've, I've never hated too many NBA players. I think I, I think I look for silver linings for the most part. Like I really like Blake, no, I'm just naming people who were involved in this incident. I guess I don't really like Chris Paul that much. I mean, I like the way I mean, he's he's a great point guard, and you did. I mean, officially, we, we, didn't, we didn't. I mean, I kind of roasted him, but yeah, we we didn't. I'll, I'll go ahead and read your tweet. Uh, you tweeted, "Congratulations to Chris Paul on actually leading a team somewhere," which blew up a bit. You certainly ethered mm-hmm. him. Uh, I, I again, I really dislike Chris Paul, but like. You know, obviously, just just for on on the court stuff, and so I took a lot of glee in that uh, in that tweet. Right. When that when that tweet blows up, I've never I'll, I'll admit it. I'll, I've never had a tweet go that go that big. Do you just have to kind of like turn your phone off totally, or, or do you just mute that one thing, or like, or do you just try to like let it wash over you and uh, bask in, in the goodness of your tweet? Well. I've never had a tweet go that viral before either. So I was actually like, I was taken completely by sur- sur- surprise. So what happened was first my app just crashed. Like I couldn't get back on. And it was a worst night for that to happen because, you know, every time you refresh your phone, something more hilarious happened. I really like, if there ever was a time to really want to be on Twitter as an NBA fan, it was either that or like the DeAndre incident. So I was just like, man, like, come on, let me get back on here. So like that kind of went on for a while. I just kept trying to open it and like immediately it would stop working. And then my phone started heating up <laughs> and I was in bed and like, I just, I, I, I felt like it would just be a little bit too much to go back to my laptop and get it out. Like it was pretty late in the night. I'm in the East coast. I was like, just don't, don't play into your worst tendencies right now. <laughs> um, so I just, I just, uh, I let it sit for a little while and I was like, okay, like whatever, I'll just go to sleep. But obviously it wouldn't stop vibrating because I couldn't get it. Like I would have muted it, but I couldn't get into mute. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And, uh, then I had the, the bright idea of going on like Safari on my phone and going on like twitter.com. So that's what, that's what I did. And, uh, then, then I muted it and, um, still for some reason, my app was still being like pretty bad for a little while. And my phone was kind of like, you know, up and down, but, uh, then yeah, it, it really relaxed after that. And it was more so just like, I knew that it was continuing to, to blow up, but I would just check every so often and be like, okay, like now it's at this number. Now it's at this number and, and whatnot. And, just check my verifies to see like, you know, if anybody, <laughs> if anybody's super cool or important, uh, right. retweeted it or whatever. But then after it was, it was like, I didn't, 
it didn't affect my life too much after that, other than, you know, just hearing about people started congratulating me, which I thought was super weird. Just cause it's, like, <laughs> it's a tweet. Like, I just feel like, yeah. There's like this inner dread that comes over you when somebody congratulates you over a tweet. You're kind of just like, what is my life about? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you, you said that night, I think a lot of people have said it, that night was as much fun on NBA Twitter as the DeAndre Jordan night. Do you think the actual incident of like Chris Paul kind of throwing some shade at Blake Griffin, talking about having needing to play through Lou Will, and then the, the, the tensions between them, we are like, you know what, these guys, they don't actually probably like each other. Do you think this incident shed light on that past DeAndre Jordan free agent escapade? Like, he was a guy that maybe really disliked playing. He's like, Blake and Chris are so mean to each other. I don't want to be there. <laughs> but but, they, but then, he got, well, then he got bullied to coming back? That that makes sense. And, you know, back to, like, the, the players we don't like thing. The thing that I, as much as, like, I, I admire Chris Paul's talent and, and you know, he, he's an absolute, he's an absolute assassin when he, in certain moments and like, there's no denying that. But I think the thing I don't like is players that uh, are control freaks. And that's just like, and that's one of those things where like, I, I love Curry so much because he has such a perfect balance of like that skill, but still being able to seed control. But so, I mean, I've always thought about that about Chris. So for me, it was kind of like that all just makes sense. I don't know if for me it shed any new light because that's kind of what I always thought was going on. But I think certain people might've actually believed the idea that, you know, things weren't so bad in the locker room. I never really bought that just because, I mean, the body language and the stuff that would come out and the way that they would lose their games, especially in that last season, it would just, it just always like little leaks and stuff like that. It just always felt like they're just trying to brush under the rug and, and it is really bad. And this really confirms it for sure. Yeah. I think it, I think it definitely confirms it. And now there was that one report, which I guess kind of went away already that DeAndre Jordan wanted to get traded to the Rockets. Right. Which was like... <laughs> it was just all part of the hilarity of that 24 hours. Like, all the the wrong reports kind of made it more fun because it initially started, like, Harden and Chris Paul got into a fight, which is what apparently... I think a uh, one, of the, one of the reporters in Houston, from Houston, tweeted that after a security guard told her that. So, I mean, I don't know why that security guard did that, but then somehow Woj, who is not even in the building apparently, comes out with uh, with what what's actually going on, which is just, I mean, I, I mean, I think Woj, I think Woj, Woj makes the entire event. His tweets are so unintentionally hilarious. Well, like mm-hmm. everything he says, he says it so awkwardly. He kept misspelling, and he's like, he's like backdoor. He's like, I meant backdoor, obviously. Like everything he kept correcting just made it funnier mm-hmm. and funnier. Like this guy has no—I don't think he has. He's aware how hilarious his tweets come across. Well, I think he's probably having a hard time with like language because that kind of happened the next day too. It's like what <laughs> to call the incident when like you're you have to kind of officially call it something because the next Foolery. day he called it tomfoolery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one one more incident before wrapping up. The Aflalo Bialica punch swing. Aflalo got suspended two games, which seems really, really light. Because if he'd connected, it seems like that was a that, that could have been an ugly incident. Or I mean, that con- kind of like goes from like two games to the rest of the season, right? Like just the fact that it didn't connect is Yeah. Well, I kinda think I kinda think if it connected, there's actually a chance that Aflalo's arm might have exploded. After what would have happened, Bielitsa, he shot up my rankings of guys not to mess with. He treated, Yo, a, yeah, he treated a flow like like a child. 
He's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're trying to punch me? He knew I'm... exactly what to do. Oh, my goodness. Like, like if, if nobody <laughs> else was there, man. Like, oh, Bielitsa could have, like, he had him, like, he kind of just had him in that headlock, like, down below. Like, he could have walked around like that with him for the rest of the day if he wanted to. <laughs> I, w- I wonder what was going through Aflalo's head. Like, if he was like, oh, wow, I messed up. Or, like, thank goodness this is a basketball game. Because, really, like, he came at him like, I'm going to swing and hit this guy in the face. And within two seconds, he was immobilized. And he... And, it was like, like, you should never call a European player soft. Like, you don't know. That was, that was crazy. And, like, I've watched Bielitsa for a mm. while. I remember when I first saw him, like, in Eurobasket, being like, this guy's really cool. This guy's really cool. And all of a sudden, my eyes were open. We're like, this guy's arms are huge. Like, I had no idea. And he was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm holding this guy with one arm. And he was kind of holding him, and he was kind of... Kind of acting like I'm not trying. I'm trying to be peacemaker. That blew me away. That was one of my favorite plays of the year. I think Aflalo might. I don't know how Aflalo goes back to the gym after that. But again, I I couldn't. I'd lose a fight to anyone. I think. All right. Well, hey, Surat. Last thing uh, before I let you go, I want you to weigh in. This is this is nothing to do with aggression. I want you to weigh in because we we were again having a controversy between uh, us, our co-hosts, and some of our listeners. Uh, you're familiar with the Jonathan Isaac story where he, he gave a sermon. He was preaching at a church and none of the Orlando Magic players showed up. I did not know about that. Oh, okay. Well, that's the entire story. Uh, okay. He, he gave a sermon, apparently, I think a week ago, uh, and he mentioned that none of his teammates showed up, but he, he had invited them. Oh, that's he, he later added to the fact... He he added to the story. He didn't mean to call his teammates out. He was just pointing out that he just I don't know. He felt bad that it kind of it became like a minor story. <laughs> it, it got brushed under the rug because of the big fight. Mm-hmm. You know the Rockets Clippers. What is your immediate take on that? Because we had some people saying like I would not go to see a guy preach who I was like a coworker with. But so what's your what, what's your take on that situation? I mean, I think a thing like that is always indicative of how uh, a team like the togetherness on a team and like, you know, to be fair for their talent, the magic do play very, very well together. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, not to draw too many conclusions again, this is the first time I've, I've heard this story, but teammates don't necessarily have to be friends, but the chances of that are usually a little bit higher. If you feel like you're going to be spending a lot of time together over the next few years, like for example, if you, heard DeMar DeRozan on, uh, on Woj's podcast saying that, you know, when Kyle first got to Toronto, they hardly talked, like he kind of just thought that he was passing through. So I think, you know, it could just be a situation of self-interest for everybody involved. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac is a rookie. He's probably imagining that he's going to be there for a while, but for a lot of vets on that team, they could just be thinking like, I'm not really going to be here for a while. Therefore I have no, reason to really be investing in a lot of these relationships and i'm reading i'm reading marcus thompson's book golden right now it's about steph curry's rise and you know for i think up until the 20 up up until they went to the olympics together steph and clay weren't really tight at all like they had the splash brothers thing going on just as like the moniker but they kind of hardly ever talked i mean and you kind of you get it Clay Thompson, who's, you know, sliding in the DMs versus Steph Curry, who would have like very well gone to that sermon. <laughs> so you know, yeah. it, it makes sense. So I think, you know, it's, it's not, to, not to say that they have the team as poor chemistry or anything like that, but when you do have like 
sort of ragtag collection that, you know, really don't really know what's going to happen next season that can kind of happen where, you know, you might not really be going out of your way to, to do things that you don't really feel like you have to. That's a good, that's a good measured take. I felt bad for the kid. But then I was like, eh, maybe it was an yeah, early, maybe it was an early sad. service. Like, oh, you just invited everybody and like, <laughs> show up. And maybe half the team was like, okay, somebody else will go. Therefore, I will not have to wake up and go to the sermon. Exactly. That was, that's what some of our Patreon supporters in our Slack chat were saying. Like, I wouldn't have gone, but I assume someone else would have gone. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. And it's, that, that, it's like that Malcolm Gladwell thing where they're like, somebody will call 911. Yeah, yeah. It's the problem. And also, I think, I don't know the details. Like, if it was a, was it like a Facebook invite? Was it a personal text that's to true. everyone? So, like, those, those, just... those are different. Mm-hmm. What if you just like threw it in the group chat a couple days before and everybody already had plans? Exactly. Threw it up on that uh, the magic subreddit. You know, maybe they, maybe mm-hmm. they didn't check it. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, Sierra, thanks so much for coming on with me. Uh, tell people uh, what you got coming up next or wh- where they can find your stuff. Uh, well, last week I, I wrote about the, the surging Miami Heat for uh, for the tip-off, which is my weekly column at SB Nation. And this week I will be writing about Manu Ginobili, and I will also have something coming out tomorrow on the Raptors and the the benefits of diversity. Sounds great. I read the Heat piece. I'm very interested in how the Heat are so good. It blows my mind. I don't know how they keep winning. So make sure you guys uh, check that out and uh, follow Sierra on Twitter so you get all those uh, very funny tweets that uh, might not be as big as the last one, but uh, they're, they're, still, they're still very good. Well, Sierra, thanks so much again, and I look forward to talking with you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, thanks to Sierra for coming on. Make sure you follow her online and read her stuff. She's very funny on the internet. So check her stuff out. If you want to support our show, the best way is to do it at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Again, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. That's where the true hardcore top fast break breakers are. Uh, I really appreciate the support. It's been a pretty awesome, uh, all you guys and gals who are doing that. Hey, download that draft app. Use the code FASTBREAK. Again, draft.com slash FASTBREAK. Play against me. It is so much fun. I am not joking. I have never used a Harry's shave kit because I have a big beard, but I do play draft every day. Uh, highly recommend draft.com slash FASTBREAK. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at FASTBREAKBREAK. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fab break, break, man. You understand? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus